Hey everyone, and welcome to the Random Wellness Podcast with Nicole Van Quatham. This podcast shares helpful tips, real stories, and honest conversations about holistic nutrition, natural living, movement, and everything in between to help you uplevel your health, life, and mindset. The goal of this podcast is to help individuals realize that with simple changes, they too can live a happier, healthier, and more balanced life. I'm your host, Nicole Van Quatham, holistic nutritionist and owner of Simply Nick Nutrition. Thanks for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Random Wellness Podcast with myself, Nicole. I'm really excited because today I have a super special guest all the way from Los Angeles. So I'd like to welcome Uma from Om with a Twist to the podcast today. Hi, guys. Thank you for having me, Nicole. I'm excited to be here. Yes, I'm excited to have you here. So if you don't mind starting out, just introducing yourself and what it is that you do. All right. So my name is Uma Narvalkar and I am an integrative nutritionist and health coach. And I have a practice in Santa Monica and I see clients uh, in my office here, but I also have a lot of online clients that I see internationally. Um, And I mainly work with women. I do have male clients, but they're usually spouses and family members of my female clients. Uh, But I mainly work with women um, and I specialize in areas of fat loss, hormonal balance and gut health. And um, just over the past years, the way my business has evolved, I do mainly work with women who are in their perimenopausal ages. So that could be anywhere from 30s all the way through 40s and uh, 50s. Uh, but yeah, that's that's what I do. <laughs> love it. And I love that gut health is a part of that because that is my jam. And you know how important gut health is. And maybe we'll even touch on that today. Who knows? But that's amazing. Now, Thank I've you. had the pleasure of talking to you before. So I know about your backstory and how you kind of got into this practice. But if you don't mind sharing that with my audience, that would be amazing. Hmm. So I'm going to, uh, let's see, uh, let's just go back to maybe. Um, uh, 15 years ago, yeah. right? Because I, honestly, I'll just actually I'll start from the beginning. So when I was uh, when I was a child, when I was 10 and 12, mm-hmm. I was uh, obese, and I went through that was a whole um, you know like a struggle by itself because um, I went through a lot of bullying and a lot of body image issues as a child, and uh, didn't have a lot of friends, and I had a lot of confidence issues and things. Um, and so when I um, got out of that, which means that when I started being more conscious about, you know, what I was eating and in my teenage years, I think it kind of took the other extreme where I was constantly working out and I was extremely mindful of what I was eating. And, um, I was, uh, I was healthy and then I got into modeling and I started working in the advertising industry a little bit. This was in Bombay in India. And I think I I didn't have a food uh, disorder or anything, but I was still on the like lower side of, uh, you know, my BMI. And I was just my whole life was extremely regulated and my relationship with food was not, you know, the best. Um, but um, in my early 20s, um, it, it became a little better. It became a little easier. I think I, you know, came to a um, point where I was healthy and I was uh, exercising for uh, the fun of it as against just doing it because I needed to burn the calories that mm-hmm. I was 
stuff. Um, and then, so this is 15 years ago. I, or not 15, actually, maybe 20 years ago, I came to um, the US. I came here to do my master's. And then, you know, I started working. I had a corporate job at that time. And it was a very typical, you know, like 10 hour days. And I was, um, up late at night. I was working on a lot of weekends. This is Hollywood. We're talking about Hollywood back in the 90s and 20s, early 20s. And, uh, you know, with my work came a lot of uh, just going out and entertaining clients and just mm -hmm. eating out all the time, drinking. It was that lifestyle. And I was in my early 20s and I didn't really think much of it, honestly. But what happened was that it was a drastic change from, you know, eating more local and homemade food in India, exercising all the time to coming to a different country, different culture, and having all this new food accessible, mm -hmm. uh, not really having the time to cook, uh, definitely not having time to exercise or, um, you know, just sleep even for that matter, and a high stress lifestyle. And I think, uh, I think it was a matter of two or three years. And I remember it was literally every uh, other month, I would like be one size up. Mm. And my clothes wouldn't fit me and I would just go and buy larger clothes. Um, I wasn't sleeping that well. I was always low on energy and uh, I didn't really do much about it. I was just going with the flow. I was making good money. I was, you know, living the Hollywood life. And I think it was, you know, I feel like all of us and now, you know, my whole career has changed and when I work with clients, it's like for all of us, there's always that one moment, right? Like something happens, which is like that aha moment where you're like, oh my gosh, like something needs to change, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so for me, it was when me and my husband, we decided to, so I got, this is like, I'm talking about my entire life in two minutes. I get married and um, uh, it was, I think my late, not even late, mid to late 20s, when we started having a conversation about, starting a family and um, I was on birth control then and I stopped using it and it was about one year uh, into trying to conceive and you know nothing was happening so I went to see my OB uh, at that time and uh, it was I still remember we were sitting there and she was looking at me and she was like do you know that you know in the past two years you put on about 50 pounds Mm. Uh, and I was like, what, really? Like, you know, that uh, I just couldn't believe it. I was like, 50 right. pounds, really? I mean, I knew that I was getting a little heavier, but 50 pounds, that's like, you know, when you get pregnant, you put on 50 pounds. And she was like, that's one part of our problem about your hormones. They're completely out of balance. And um, she was just, she was looking at me and saying that, you know, before thinking of conceiving and starting a family, I really recommend that you start uh, just making some lifestyle changes and uh, start um, getting rid of that excess fat and also just normalizing, you know, all your lab work because it is all completely off. And yeah, I just came yeah. home and I don't know, something just switched and I was like, this is, it can't go on like that. Like, you know, I cannot continue living like this and just brushing it off. And uh, because the truth is everything is 
always okay till it's not okay right, right. and especially as young adults um, it's so hard to recognize that because we get so caught up with you know all the fun and the just our lifestyle that unless something really happens we don't want to pay attention and uh, that was it that was when i was like okay i need to do something and i was still i still had my job and i still was trying to figure out what's happening with my um, uh, with my uh, me trying to conceive and stuff but i was like first i need to change what i'm doing and i knew what to do right because i had done it before it wasn't like i wasn't aware like i knew what i should be doing what i should be eating what i how i should be moving my body it was just i was so disconnected from it at that point so just that reality check it made me you know start making changes and within one year it was literally it was within one year um, you know i lost most of the weight i conceived naturally i did, didn't have to go through any ivf or anything um i had my a son um who is going to be 11 now um and then i had actually even before i got a chance to fully recover i actually got pregnant and i had my second child uh, so i had them pretty back to back um and i thought it was the right thing to do at that time because a i was i had such a bad experience trying to get pregnant the first time that i was like is this going to happen and how is it going to be but i was in so much better health at that point that it happened pretty quickly right and so i think my um interest in um you know being a nutritionist or uh, just sharing what happened with me with others it started when i had uh, rian who was my second child because I, i went through that whole process pretty much twice myself right and then mm-hmm. i was at a point where i was at a healthy weight i was exercising i was eating pretty clean food i had all these lifestyle changes which had and i had seen myself go from 50 pounds overweight to being able to conceive to coming back to my pre-pregnancy weight and then you know even getting healthier and stronger right so when i went through that whole process myself i think all i wanted to really do was share it with other people right and i had no intention or interest of making it a business i did not have a nutrition degree at that time mm-hmm. i did have a background in microbiology because that's what i graduated so i had like a bsc in microbiology and i was doing some pre med stuff before i decided not to do that so i did have like an interest in science and nutrition and health but that's not the reason why i was sharing this stuff i was just sharing it with my neighbors and my cousins right and people who were asking me how i'm looking so good or how i have so much energy or how did i lose all that weight and i was just saying oh this is what i did why don't you try this and mm-hmm. that is how um that was the foundation of omber the twist which is my company now that is how it started 10 years ago right it was just me sharing what i had done with family and friends and then them getting something out of it obviously and going and talking to their friends and them coming back to me and say hey can you do this for me too you know this is what i'm doing do you think you can tell me what what tweaks i can make in my and then i used to use like a pen and paper and write it down for them and give it to them in their hand and be like hey try this right and there was no money or no intention of making it into a business until i would say doing this for like 2 years maybe 
for absolutely free and just because i enjoyed it so much right about 2 years in i remember i was like you know i think i can actually do this as my work because if i love it so much and if i'm already you know helping so many people why not right why not make it a, make it a business and that transition actually was the easiest because apparently i already had a business i was just not charging for it exactly right? so uh, yeah so when i started my company it really was not that hard to get those clients in because all i had to say was hey now i you know charge for this yeah and yeah it started like that and even today i mean now obviously we have a much bigger uh, foundation and we have a staff and we know what we're doing things are more strategic but that being said the the core of the business is still the same it's right you help someone right and they benefit from it they feel better um, and they're more confident in their skin and when that happens they go and tell 10 other people about it right, right? and they come back to you yes that's it and even if it's on social media and i do love and use social media a lot for my business but the strategy is still the same right mm-hmm. you're like helping people you are giving them something that is making them feel better right and then once that happens they're going to go and tell other people to come to you because of how they felt yes. and of course looking good is a part of feeling good it's all connected yeah absolutely And I know too, and like again, because I know like your backstory because we've spoken before. But a big part of your business too was doing a lot of online coaching with international clients as well. Yeah, so yeah. how did that evolve? Um, so that too, it was I think it was my cousins and my family members back in India, right? Okay. started with india now i have clients like i have clients from the uk from finland from singapore i have like seven or eight countries that i primarily work with uh dubai uh but yeah it started with india because i just had friends and family there and i helped them and then when i started doing it professionally i i did get a nutrition degree all this happened like back to back but i was like okay if i'm going to do this i need to do it properly right. i also got a specialization later in um hormonal health and gut health because that's how uh nutrition evolved and i was like i want to do what's you know a uh, new and what's exciting because um that's what's going to help me and everyone else the most right um so with with my clients um i did get a lot i still have a lot of international clients i think it's 50 50 now um but yeah it started because i just had a lot of contacts and family and friends in india who i helped and then when i started working on it professionally i was like how can i do this uh, remotely and thanks for zoom and for yeah. skype right and for whatsapp it wasn't really that hard right. it wasn't really that hard. i mean right now i'm sitting and having this conversation with you it's all, it's like you're in this room yeah, we can absolutely. see each other we can feel each other and um here's the thing though when i did start um workouts right so fitness and exercise yes. was something that i i was doing on my own but was never a part of my programs right so i would do nutrition consultations and then i would do these really funny i would say uh, youtube videos and you know social media videos where i would my that time my kids were toddlers right they would be running around and i would be doing my workouts um and i would use things like soup cans and 
water bottles and uh, towels in the house uh, to use as props in my workouts uh, and I would do them right and then when I started doing my nutrition counseling most of the women who I worked with I still work with are moms who are busy um, or uh, professional women who are so busy at work and they don't have time to maybe go to the gym or you know get a class in or whatever and they would always be like okay we, we get it we understand that we need to add a little movement and exercise along with our nutrition but we don't have the time so what should we do so that's when we added this whole workout part to our program so now it's not just nutrition uh, even if you're working with me virtually online you definitely get uh, a nutrition consultation and then a recommended meal plan and we work uh, we mainly work with you know think of it in a holistic way and intuitive eating as against be like hey eat this and you know uh, measure everything and control what you're eating but the nutrition part is one thing and then we have these workouts which are also a part of our program. There's, we have a massive workout library and we call uh, call it Fit in 15 because they're just short hit workouts. I love that. Anywhere, anytime. Um, and that happened because of demand. So I never thought about that. It was everyone was like, so what should we do? We don't have the time. We don't have the equipment, you know? So I was like, oh, really? Okay, then maybe go to my YouTube channel and look at my workouts. And I was like, that's weird. I should have them in my program, right? right. So... Um, now uh, they get access to my it's like I think there's like hundreds of workouts in there and the workouts are all designed for different fitness levels they workouts with weights without weights right that you can do anytime anywhere and most of them are 10 to 15 minutes so that's how uh, yeah it's it just everything that's happened so far uh, has happened because of feedback Okay. And because of me listening to what my audience wants, right? And being really respectful of um, both the good stuff and the bad stuff, right? So not just them being happy about products, but if people are not uh, happy or if there's something that they want more of, then I paid real good attention to that and made sure that I cater to that. Right. Because that was the whole purpose of this company. Yeah. And I really love that you shared your story and like how you started integrating fitness too, right? Like you had things like soup cans, like that yeah. just shows that like, you don't have to necessarily have an expensive gym membership or have to go to different fitness studios. And if you do though, that's also amazing. But if you don't have the means to do that or the time, like there's options out there for you. So I love that you shared that piece of your story, but also that you created workouts for like 10, 15 minutes, like things that you can do at home. If you have kids running around or, you know, you have a demanding job because you want to try to get in movement whenever you can. Right. So even yeah, if it's, yeah, it's about doing better. what you can. Yeah. yeah. And you know, when uh, the thing is that when you do have the time or yeah. if you have the, the interest, because I have clients who let's say love dancing, right they love dancing so they'll go and do a dance class or you know like a, a dance cardio kind of thing a mm -hmm. couple of times a week right because that's what they enjoy doing so if right. you enjoy something you're going to go show up and do it right but for the rest of the time they don't have the patience to do it right or they don't have the time so that's the time when you can just put on the fit and 15 workout it's 15 minutes you get it done you take a shower you go to work or you do it at night before going to bed and because it fits into your lifestyle so easily, you're going to do it. Mm -hmm. Right? Absolutely. And 
I'm not as familiar, but do you also do like some mindfulness um, yes. aspects so, to your business as well? So every, I think anything, just not in my business, but in health, in anybody's health in general, right? I just think that it's like a tripod. It's like a three pillar system. That's how I look at it. And that's how I encourage everyone else to look at it, right? So you have your food, which is obviously going to be your number one always, right? So what you're eating, how much you're eating, when you're eating, and whether you are um, in tune with what is driving you to eat correct so that is going to be your number one game changer if you don't have that right then you know the other stuff is kind of gonna fall apart but food is one and the second is obviously movement and when i say movement it's not just you know doing fit and 15 workouts or going to the gym i'm just talking about being active just throughout the day, you know, being consciously active, uh, walking around as much as you can, taking the stairs instead of taking the elevator, playing with your kids, uh, or even if you have a job where you're sitting quite a bit throughout the day, just consciously giving yourself the time to get up and move within your office or outside for a few minutes. So um, movement uh, every single day, right? And the third is mindset. And mindset is an interesting term, uh, which I feel has evolved so much over the past so many years. And everyone's just talking about this mind and body connection and alignment. But I think it, it's very simple. It just comes down to, uh, are you in a happy state or are you uh, not happy? Which means that are you stressed, anxious, sad, depressed, uh, which could be due to many reasons. But if you're not in a happy state, it's very difficult to make the right food choices or to get up and you know want to go and move or do anything else for that matter. So to create that happy, joyful state for yourself, right? It could be different for everyone. So for some people, maybe just sitting in a quiet meditation might do the trick. Whereas for some people, it might be uh, a more deeper process, right? And again, your mindset, uh, because that's the word we're using right now, is going to shift based on what's going on in your life. Uh, and life happens. Uh, so today, you might be in a blissful state, but tomorrow, you might be stressed out. So what is it that you can do to, uh, number one, uh, know that you are shifting? Right. And number two, um, create a practice that can help you to at least maneuver through that faster. Right. Like not necessarily avoid it, but how can you just try to come back to that joy and peace faster? So those are the three pillars of health, which everyone, whether you are working with me or another nutritionist, or you are just someone who's like, hey, you know what? I just want to be healthier. I want to have a healthier lifestyle. These are the three things to consider. And in that mindset piece comes stress management, uh, quality of your sleep, um, your relationships uh, with you know your spouse and everyone else in your life, like who's in your inner circle. There are so many things. Where, where's your creative energy going? Uh, where are you financially? Um, be call all this. So I, when I did my nutrition course, I went through IIN. And um, if you have been to IIN or if you know anything about their principles, we talk a lot about primary food, right? And primary, uh, the way we are taught this is that primary food is not the food that you're eating, but it's all this other stuff. 
and if you are not nurturing yourself with primary food then your secondary food which is nutrition is not going to support it so it's all it's all like a tripod right so if you're if you're not eating correctly the other two will collapse if you are not moving enough and if you're not if you don't have an active lifestyle then the other two are going to definitely get wobbly and your mindset right it's going to hold everything together again so that's how i look at it food movement and mindset and those are definitely the basis of all my programs and courses and everything that i teach I love that. And as someone like myself who likes to focus on gut health, and I know you would know this as well, like that mind gut connection is huge, right? So I can have people who come to me and I, I even know this with myself growing up with irritable bowel syndrome, right? Like I can, you know, be moving, I can be eating really clean and like nourishing my body really well. But if I'm going through a period of stress or like before when I wasn't as mindful or as in tune with my body, that stress would trigger my symptoms so badly, right? So it didn't matter that I was eating anything or that I was, you know, physically active and like at the top of like my, probably like the most fit I've ever been, I was still experiencing these symptoms. So like, it really is important to include all of this. Absolutely. And when you say stress, right? Like a lot of people think that it has to be tangible stress. Yes. Like, you know, they're in the hospital or, you know, someone's really sick or they're going to speak in front of a big audience. Mm -hmm. It doesn't really have to be like that. You know, there can be these small stressors in your life. And because of today's day and age and the way we live, I don't think we honestly don't even realize that it's stress. Yeah. You're going through your emotions and it's accumulating in small portions, right? Throughout the day, you're getting these small stressors. It's not something massive. It's not something big, but it's small. And then you're still trying to operate at your 100% with them, with these stressors, without any plan or any stress management system whatsoever, right? Until then, there's a big stressor. Right. And something does happen. Let's say, you you know, you uh, get into a car accident or something after being stressed all day long. The way you're going to react and the way that car accident, even if it is, it's a small dent in your car, the way you're going to react to it is going to be massive mm-hmm. if you don't have any stress management system in place. Yes. So stress is massive and that gut brain connection, that gut instinct, actually, you know, yes. it's not it's not no joke. It's so real. Yeah. And is this something that you find common with like your clients is how like maybe they are eating like somewhat okay and like maybe they are moving, but there's still kind of like that missing piece? Oh my God, always. And you know, I live in uh, LA. Yes. And LA, everyone, most people are, you know, eating really clean. In fact, I call it too clean, you know? Okay. Yeah. so, uh, you know, particular about the food that they're eating, everything's organic, everything is home cooked. So I think as far as the nutrition, the quality of food goes, most people that I see locally in LA, um, you know, have that covered, they all exercise, right? And they go to their yoga class and their meditation class, and they have a therapist. And it's like, I almost feel like it's in excess. There's so many things that are happening, but you know, they're not, they're not seeing the results that they want. And when I talk to them, I'm like, what do you want? Right? Because you are in great shape. You have good BMI. You look healthy from the outside, right? What is it? What's going on? And they're not happy. They're not happy. There's something going on inside, which is making them anxious. And I promise you nine or 10 times is something as small as 
bad quality sleep. I'm just giving you an example. Yes, yeah. That is right? a key one I get to. It's just bad quality sleep, right? Yeah. Um, or it could be something going on in their personal life, yes. right? It has nothing to do with what they're eating or how much they're moving. Like yeah. that's huge even. And people don't think it has anything to do with their health. Yeah. They're like, so I'm eating my food and I'm exercising and I'm doing all this right. So what if I sleep only three hours every day? Like it's going to add up. Yes. It's going to add up. You know, your body is extremely sensitive to sleep. And if you're not getting good quality and quantity sleep, no matter how well you eat, your metabolism is going to change. It's going to shift, right? And you're going to crave all the wrong foods at the wrong time. And you're going to be irritable and you're going to be unhappy. So it's just that there are these small things, you know, and it's just we, we're such complete beings that if one small thing is off, it can affect everything. It can change everything. I also see a lot of clients who are like over supplementing their diet. Um, it's like, I mean, with every meal, they're taking six pills of something that's supposed to be good online, right? I'm like, yeah, it's all like someone else is taking it. So they're taking it. And it's not like it's bad. It's not bad. It's just sometimes it's too much. Sometimes just eating good food is enough. You know, you don't need to supplement yourself so much. So it's just over, overdoing it, over supplementing. I see that a lot in LA and I'm, I keep saying LA because I'm, this is very different with clients from all over the world. But local clients in Los Angeles do tend to have that problem where it's, I have to tell them to back off. Right. I'd be like, maybe don't take 35 supplements every day, yes. you know, maybe just and eat well. Do you think it has to do kind of just in part to with like social media? Because it's funny that you say Los Angeles, because I follow a lot of people on social media and a lot of them are from Los Angeles. And yes. these are like people who are fantastic. Don't get me wrong. Um, but it is interesting because I even one person that I followed um, who was from Los Angeles actually took like this huge social media hiatus because they realized that they were being too extreme and like from my perspective it didn't really seem like they were because I obviously wasn't seeing their like day-to-day things but like they were obsessing over how much they were moving even how mindful they were being like it was like that was taking over like what they were eating like it was just too much and like the supplements and the adaptogens and like all of that right yeah, and I, I do say LA because I do think, I think that everyone's health conscious and I think that's wonderful and there's yes. nothing wrong in being health conscious, but it has gotten to a point where, uh, so I had a client who came in who was, uh, you know, sudden, it was, I think she's 30, mid thirties. Okay. So she basically was fine. Everything was working out fine. And then suddenly it's like her weight hit a plateau and every week it was like she was putting on like half a pound right and just kept adding up and she was at the point where she had like five extra pounds on her nowhere in unhealthy bmi nothing of that sort but she had suddenly seen that she's not losing weight and she's suddenly putting on a little bit of body fat here and then everything else is the same right so we did do the whole hormonal panel and stuff because i always like to see if hormones have shifted and uh, we saw that her testosterone was off the charts right it was high 
and her estrogen was low and we were trying to be, be I was like how's the sleep how's everything else is there anything else that's shifted and she told me oh nothing much but you know I just thought that all my friends are working out twice a day so I go and work out in the morning and then I go and work out in the evening and I was like, since when have you started doing this? And um, she said, oh, it's just been a couple of months. Oh, you know what? You're right. Maybe that has something to do with this. And I was like, absolutely. Like, you know, you're, you're just going overboard and you're stressed. It's, th that's a stressor too. Like when you work out, your body's stressed. And doing it once a day is enough. And I think sometimes that might be too much too, depending on who you are. But if you're doing it two times, a day, you know, your hormones are going to go off. And instead of trying to get rid of that body fat and trying to build that muscle, you're just going to be doing exactly the opposite because you're like holding on to everything that you have because you are in stress mode right now. You're in fight or flight. Uh, so all we did was we literally just cut her workouts into half. We didn't change anything else. And she actually came back to her normal weight felt much better and I think now it's even lesser I think now it's more like she's doing three times a week and then walking or doing something really low-key you know it's just very interesting how different cultures can influence you know different people depending depending on where you live what's happening around you and sometimes it's too much sometimes just backing off and listening to your body uh, also uh, being 100% in sync with your cycle you know and really knowing when to push it and when to back off um, it's people have forgotten all that you know we're just pushing and pushing and pushing and you know we're just restricting everything so this is it might not be true just for LA but there are parts of the world even New York like any big city where you know health and wellness is it's taken over everything we forget that you know we are sensible human beings and our body is constantly giving us signals and telling yes. us when it's enough yeah I agree and I think it also kind of ties in with one of the things I know you've talked about on your social media, which is intuitive eating, mm -hmm. right? Like, yeah. our, and it takes, it can take years, I think, too, to kind of hear those signals that your body's giving you, right? Like, I think about it from my own perspective, like, it was years of me kind of ignoring, like, I knew things were off, like, I already knew I had IBS, but it wasn't until my adult years that I really yeah. could like actually start like pinpointing things and being like you know what no this I'm working out too hard like this is like actually making things worse but that's that's a skill that you need to develop right like it's not something you that's going to happen overnight yes I don't think it happens overnight and I just think intuitive eating it's not a diet or it's not like you know um a label that you can, you know, just be like, oh, intuitive eating, let's see, point one, two, three, it's not that really. Um, I think it's more, it just comes down to uh, creating a lifestyle where you can actually look at everything that you're putting in your body with a um, point of gratitude uh, and self-love, right? Like, uh, how is this going to make me feel after I eat it, right? That's a question I would always uh, ask uh, but as you were saying it's not easy and it takes some time and um, it does take some basic understanding of food 
right? Because when you are really just starting off, you know, and you're creating this whole lifestyle for yourself where you want to eat and not just eat, but create habits in your day-to-day routine that are going to serve you, um, you need to know what's good and what's bad in the first place, right? So it does require a little bit of understanding after which you can be like, hey, okay, am I, why am I hungry right now, right? Am I eating because I'm tired? Am I eating because I'm stressed? Uh, am I eating because I'm dehydrated? Uh, or am I really hungry? Okay, that's that's one one thing. There's two or three things that you should be looking at. So that's one thing. Why are you eating it? How is it making you feel when you eat it? When you put something in your mouth, uh, are you feeling good? Are you feeling heavy? Are you feeling acidic? How, how are you feeling one day later after eating it, right? Those are the real things to look at when it comes to intuitive eating. And the best part is that once you get there, then you have so much control over, you know, your food that you start enjoying it. Then you're not like, oh, I'm not going to eat that piece of cake because, you know, it's so many calories and I should wait and I should find out how much fat it has and how much, you know, uh, carbohydrates it has. Once you start backing off and thinking of it in terms of how is it making me feel? Why am I eating it? Right? It really helps. Also, another big thing with intuitive eating is uh, what you're eating throughout the day is going to obviously make a difference uh, with your decisions, right? So if you're someone who's only eating like salads and if you're only eating a limited amount of food, if you're highly restricting your portion sizes, then chances are that by the time you walk into the door at like 6 or 7 p.m., you have no control over your own instincts, right? And I've said this so many times before that as far as your biology goes, right, there's absolutely no way in the world you can control it with like restriction or by holding back right your biology is always going to win over your willpower there is no chance you can walk in and be like oh you know i just starved myself the whole day and i can see a big piece of cake sitting in front of me but guess what willpower is gonna just kick in now and i'm gonna look the other way and i'm gonna have a tomato soup not happening it's not gonna happen so i just feel that if you can consciously think of balancing your food throughout the day from the beginning, if you're an intuitive eater, then you eat intuitively from the minute you wake up till the minute you go to bed. It's not going to randomly kick in like at 6 p.m. So those are the things to consider and they do require time, patience and practice. Um, and you have to constantly ask yourself these questions, right? Am I hungry? Why am I eating this? How is it going to make me feel after I eat it? And honestly, what I'm, what I'm eating, is it satiating? Is it a balanced meal? Or am I just like weighing my food and counting calories and eating because I have to meet a certain bare requirement, right? Right. So that's, that's the foundation of it. That's where you can begin think, thinking about intuitive eating. Yeah. And do you find that, and like, I personally think it does, but like, improve people's relationship with food too and like you know also allow that balance because I mean I'm a holistic nutritionist so I'm with you like I think it's more than just the food we eat it's the movement it's the mindsets all of those things it's the sleep but you know I also think it can be detrimental to have this like negative connotation with like bad food all the time like I think you should be able to enjoy those foods in moderation like if and then like that's when you ask yourself like okay like you know I'm at like a gathering with my friends and family and like you know, we're having like a good meal or dessert or something. Like you can ask yourself, like, am I going to feel good? And like, you know what, maybe you are going to feel good if you have 
that cookie or whatever it may be, right? It's just like removing that guilt from it because that's also not going to do you any good down it's the line. It's not do any good. Yeah, just that feeling of fear, right? I look at it as fear against food, right? That yes. deprivation mindset, it creates massive fear and you just start judging food instead of looking at it as something that's going to nourish you and it's going to make you feel good, right? right? So if you look at something and it could be anything, let's say it's chocolate chip cookies, right? You have a plate of chocolate chip cookies in front of you. And if you're looking at it like, oh my God, like, you know, when I eat this, I'm going to get fat. But guess what? I'm still going to eat a couple of them and then I'm going to feel really guilty about it. So that's the dialogue you're having with yourself and you're looking at that plate of cookies like it's a monster that's going to kill you. Right. Okay, instead, if you just pick a cookie up and if you eat it and if you enjoy every bite of it, right? That's a whole different story, right? Yes, maybe maybe you need to run for like 10 minutes more the next day. Maybe you can compensate a little when you have breakfast the next morning. That's a different conversation. But when you are eating, how is this going to make me feel, right? And being really in tune with that, being connected to that and like just understanding that, look, jo- what is joy, right? As I said, that, that being in that state of happiness and joy is the primary goal, right? No matter what, you ha- if you're not happy, then you can be perfect shape, perfect size, exercising, doing all the other stuff, right? If you're just not happy in your skin, if you don't feel good, then all that is rubbish. It's not going to do anything. So if eating that piece of cookie and really enjoying it is going to give you happiness, then that's it. That's what you need to seize, right? Instead of looking at it like that monster or whatever it is that you're looking at it. Yeah. And I think people think too, like if they have like one or two cookies, like they have this like, notion that also they're going to gain all this weight absolutely so much fear or you know the holidays do you see that like my clients i have clients who are genuinely so stressed out about the holidays it's like i'm going to put on weight i'm going to, it's, it's like it's a it's ongoing uh, conversation this is a dialogue where or forget the holidays it's like one dinner like let's say there's a wedding happening right and they're going and like having a good time uh, i will get texts like this is what's on the menu what should i eat and i'm like eat what makes you happy eat everything enjoy yourself you know you are not you are created in such a way that you know, you know, your body knows what you need to eat at that time and when you need to stop. If you just stop being so hassled about it and if you take the anxiety out of it, you will be able to make those decisions on your own. And honestly, let's say you enjoy and you overindulge and you have five glasses of champagne and you have all the dessert and you just enjoy yourself. Honestly, is that one meal going to change your health? No, absolutely not. Yeah, absolutely not. It's what you do for the rest of the days, right? It's what you do majority of the time. That's going to be the game changer. All these one-off things, you know, going out with your family, having a party, whatever, weddings, even the holiday season. Is it really a season? I mean, are we going out and just going insane every single night? No, it's like a few parties here and there. Yeah. I mean, I don't know about you, but I don't. Like, I don't, I'm not invited then to so many parties. Yeah, I feel like maybe I'm just not getting invited to these parties. I don't happy. Yeah, I'm not in the season. I, yeah. I, I just like, you know, have a couple of events here and there. Yeah, and I also was um, reading this one article, and I don't, I'm not going to say the exact number, but um, they were talking about holidays and, like, that fear around weight gain. And they actually yeah. a study that, like, people on average, I think, gain, like, don't quote me on this, like maybe one pound 
over like yeah. a month period of time and like people are like oh I gained like 10 pounds I feel like this holiday season yeah, it's but it's a psychological thing totally oh, and I'm look what more. if you gain let's say you gain five pounds yeah right? five pounds I mean honestly you can gain five pounds just sitting in your office on a perfectly non-holiday season right yeah. and gain the same amount of weight right so I just think that when you put so much pressure and stress onto these situations I think it's again it's the same as a community thing right mm -hmm. like when someone starts getting stressed everyone starts getting stressed about it it's we yeah. created this culture so we as a culture need to back off a little bit and be like hey you know what it's okay to enjoy your life that is the whole point of life right mm -hmm. if you don't have a few moments where you you know eat a little extra or do things that are not you're normal then there's really no point yeah just think about the big picture and think about how you can generally make healthier choices right most of the time yeah like 80 percent of the time yeah and i think two people don't um realize how much stress too can play a role in like the whole like idea I, like i don't really talk about like weight so much in my practice because that's not my specialty but like with the holidays you're probably more likely to gain weight if you're stressed about what you're eating instead of just enjoying the food or yeah. if it's like a, a wedding or whatever it may be right yeah pro probably because you're just like more anxious about it and the more, more anxiety you put into it you're you're either making wrong choices or you may be being too restrictive and then you mm -hmm. go home and you're binging because uh, so i work with a lot of um, clients who are binge eaters and binge eating is a real thing and it is absolutely emotionally driven right, right. Uh, and your emotions are driven by your biology as well right how you're feeling depends on what's going on inside your body um, and so again it's the same thing it's like to get yourself to a point where you can actually eat an entire bag of cookies, okay, there has to be something that has happened throughout the day that has led to that point, right? Number one is nutrition throughout the day. You're probably really being restrictive throughout the day so that by that time you're compensating for calories as well as you just don't have any control over your, your biology, as I was saying. But more than that, what are the other elements? What are the other stressors? Did something happen at work, right? Or were you stuck in really awful traffic? Or what are the other triggers? And quite frankly, like the minute people can point them out when they know what their triggers are, that um, connection of trying to um, eat because of the stress, it goes away. You disconnect from that. So it's just a matter of really being like, oh, shoot, yeah, that's what happened, you know? that's what's causing this it really really is super helpful yeah absolutely and, and stress eating is real it is it's a real problem yeah for sure i'm really glad we touched on this like whole intuitive eating piece and relationship with food because and even that you brought up like the aspect of almost being like too obsessive about health and wellness because it can easily also go that way right like people might struggle with eating healthy but it can also be like the other extreme where they yeah, want to do everything at once and like be the best almost be like the best at it like it's a competition <laughs> yeah yeah there's a word for it i think it's called orthorexia right yes Is it what it's called? yeah when people are like so obsessed about what to eat and what to not eat that they are disconnected from the process of eating and they're just doing it to you know uh, get their caloric intake right now, I kind of want to shift things um, based on something that you mentioned earlier um, around hormone health and mm -hmm. um, which I think is so important. It's important for both 
obviously men and women, but especially females, just because of um, our cycles and also just transition throughout life, right? And one of the things you were talking about is being more in sync with your cycle and the different phases of your cycle. So, and one of the things you also mentioned too is just like working out, you know, Working out, eating. Um, I also work with, um, so one of my specialities is intermittent fasting as well. And um, also syncing that with your cycle has given my clients amazing results, right? So with, so if you are in your menstrual um, age, right? And even if you aren't actually, because I do work with uh, women who are menopausal and postmenopausal who can literally use the same formula, just charting it right like so if you want to do a 28 day chart that works just fine uh but yeah just thinking um what you're eating and fast how much you're fasting and how much you're exercising with your cycle um is beneficial not just for like fat loss but for overall health and longevity just to make you feel more you know um uh, in your power right because i feel i don't know if you feel this but depending on where you're at in your cycle the way you're thinking and feeling your mood changes quite a bit right Uh, and obviously the hormones are fluctuating they're going up and down right throughout the cycle and when you're menopausal again there's a shift in those hormones during your perimenopause and menopause they shift quite a bit too Um, So just looking at the cycle, the first half of your cycle, which is from the day you start bleeding uh, till you ovulate, right? So that is your follicular phase, right? So that is when you are ovulating. And um, I think it's between uh, the first two weeks that you ovulate, depending on the length of your cycle. So let's say you have a typical 28-day cycle. Then the first two weeks will be the... Uh, follicular phase and then the last two weeks will be after your ovulation which is the luteal phase right so that's when your body is getting ready to start shedding again and start bleeding again Um, so during your first half of the cycle that's when your metabolism is low it's on the lower side right because and if you notice you will be craving fewer calories you can do without that much food Uh, So that is the time when I really encourage people to do intermittent fasting because for women, they can hold it for longer, right? Um, That is also the phase when it's better to do um, workouts that are higher in intensity uh, and workouts because your estrogen is also higher. Just your workouts that require more from you, right? Um, So your soul cycle or going to the gym and lifting and things like that Um, whereas in the second half of your cycle your metabolism increases right so you're craving more carbs you're craving more food in general you're gravitating towards sweeter stuff you're gravitating towards things that are fried Um, so during that time is not the most um, it's not the best time to fast because it's really hard to control that fast. A lot of women find it difficult. So if you are someone who's used to intermittent fasting, maybe that's the time when you want to um, do fewer days or you want to do uh, fewer hours of fasting, right? Um, As well as your workouts, like you want to do more um, of like yoga and walking and things that are slightly lower in intensity. Again, it depends on your fitness level and you can always mix and match, but more of your workouts should be the ones that are 
lower in intensity. And if you do that, that actually helps with the fat loss. So, you know, people are always under the impression that, you know, if they're like doing the HIIT workouts and like burning it like all month long, that's what's going to give them the results. But if you actually sync your workouts with your cycle, you can see better results. Okay. And for those people who are listening, um, who aren't super familiar with intermittent fasting, can you kind of explain high level what that is and kind of that... um like time frame that you typically recommend? Yeah, so intermittent fasting can mean anything um, where you are restricting, you're not eating or drinking anything other than water for a restricted amount of time, right? So that could mean anything from 12 hours to 18 hours to 24 hours. So for example, let's say you had dinner at 7 p.m right Mm -hmm. so if you're someone who eats dinner and then you don't eat anything after that and then you wake up the next morning and then 7 a.m is when you had your first food right that could be tea coffee or breakfast whatever that that looks like for you so that means that you gave your gut you gave your digestive system a 12 hour break right so you were fasting for 12 hours and then you're going to eat for the next 12 hours between seven and seven So that's kind of like an elementary entry level of intermittent fasting. And you would be surprised that many people don't even fast that much. Yeah. Who will be eating all the way up till nine or 10 PM and then wake up at 6 AM and eat again. Mm -hmm. So we want to kind of reverse that and we want to keep our eating window to be 12 hours or less, ideally eight hours. Okay. And then you're fasting the rest of the time. So typically, if you can stop eating, uh, maybe by 6 or 7 p.m. And then wait until 10 or 11 a.m. the next morning to have your first meal of the day, preferably Mm post-workout. That is shown to give the best results uh, in terms of uh, people with um, diabetes. So just to control the insulin levels, uh, obesity or people who are trying to lose uh, more than 30 or 40 pounds of body fat, uh, even with the last 10 and 12 pounds, uh, if you manipulate intermittent fasting correctly, it has shown amazing results. And also for autophagy, which is, you know, your natural detoxification process where, um, so with autophagy, just that, you know, autophagy is like you're flushing out dead and dying cells. flushing out everything that you don't need from your body efficiently and you're reversing your aging process, right? So for autophagy to kick in, uh, we are not really sure right now exactly how long you need to fast, but definitely at least 16 hours. Okay. So it'll kick in at about the 16, 17 hours um, of fasting. But if you're just doing it for, um, you know, just fat loss or just for more energy or for optimal health, then just the 12 or 13 hours is good enough as well. Okay. And I think too, it's important to note, I think when people hear like intermittent fasting, like they think that they're like not eating and like all this stuff, but it's just, you're changing the window of like when you're eating. So it's still important to get... Um, you know, really healthy protein and fats and carbohydrates in that eating window. It's not like you're like cutting back all these calories and like not eating. No, 
it's not calorie restriction at all and no. they're two completely different things so when you are eating whether it's an eight hour window or a 12 hour window you have to be eating um substantial amount of food and balanced food right you definitely want to get in your protein fat and carbohydrates in uh, and depending on who you are and what your goal is because we all know that um Everything that we talked about today is going to shift. It's going to change based on who we are talking about, right? right? So uh, depending on who you are and uh, what your goal is and what your health history is, um, what you eat during that non-fasting window is going to be very important, obviously. So if you don't mind maybe sharing some key tips and tools that people can just like take away, like if you you know, obviously it depends on the person and there's like so much depending on like their health history and their current health challenges, but just kind of generally speaking, like what are some really simple things that people can take away from today's episode um, that they can integrate into their life like today? Uh, let's see. So there the, the can be so many things because that's, that's actually when I'm on social media, my main um, goal is to give people these tangible tools, right? Something they can use now, right now uh, to make a shift towards a healthier lifestyle, just to make them feel better um, without having to, you know, join a course or put money into something. Um, so let's see. The first one I would say is, um, because we were talking about it right now, intermittent fasting. Uh, if you're someone who's never tried intermittent fasting before, or if you're someone who's been doing it, um, I think it's such a great tool that you can use to improve your health without really, you know, spending any money on it. Um, and it, it's not going to make that much of a shift in your lifestyle either. Um, and maybe just start with 12 hours. Right. So start with a 12 hour fasting window where you're not eating or drinking anything other than water. Uh, and then for the rest of the 12 hours, um, if you can break your fast, which is um, the first meal that you have after the 12 hours with a good protein and fat and then leave your carbohydrates for a little bit later, like maybe two hours after that. That works beautifully because um, with the fat and the protein, you still get a little bit of an extended fast as long as you're not putting carbohydrates in there. So having something like a spoonful of nut butter or just a fistful of nuts or something like that in the... Uh, at the at the 12th hour or whenever you break your fast and then having your real meal a couple of hours later. So that's something that I would recommend that everyone experiments with uh, unless you're pregnant uh, or you have some kind of uncontrolled uh, functional disease like diabetes or heart disease. Uh, but other than that, most people should be able to do it a 12-hour fast. Uh, so that's one thing. Uh, the second thing I would say is walking. I uh, am obsessed with walking because, again, I think it doesn't cost you any money uh, and you can integrate it into your lifestyle uh, no matter who you are. Even if you live in a cold uh, part of the world where it's snowing, yeah. right? <laughs> uh, you can still walk, you know, in the lobby of your building or your office, right? Or you can go up and down stairs or you can obviously get um, a treadmill if you have access to that. Uh, but yeah, if you live in California, like I do, <laughs> going out for a quick walk. Um, yeah, and just getting fresh air and like walking outside, right? There's something about it. Um, and just doing it for like 10 minutes, 10 right. minutes every day uh, is, I think it's, 
it just moves the needle one step at a time, right? Because I feel like, again, when it comes to exercise or active living, like people get intimidated very easily. They uh, get discouraged very easily because they feel like if they, they haven't joined a gym and if they're not doing everything, then they should just not do anything. Right. So I would definitely say walking and uh, the third would be, uh, you know, the mindset piece, right? And um, that's, it's it's a very wide topic and it can go anywhere. But I think if you can just start with a gratitude practice every day, right? Just wake up in the morning and mm-hmm. just write down or say out loud one thing that you're grateful for. It, again, doesn't take any time. It's not that much effort. I just think there's something about it. It just brings things into perspective. It, you know, starts your day beautifully. And um, I think everyone can do it, right? So yeah, those are my three recommendations. Intermittent fasting, walking, and just having a short gratitude practice. I love those because everything you just said is something that doesn't cost money and is relatively easy to do and includes the nutrition piece and includes the movement and includes the mindset. So like if anyone's listening and you're really overwhelmed on where to start, those are three really great things. And you don't have to even start all three at once. If you're even overwhelmed by that, take the first one that you kind of feel drawn to, maybe try that for like the first week and then slowly build on from there. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Do what you can when you can with what you have. Always. Always. Oh, I love that. Those are great tips. And I just want to thank you so much for being on my podcast today. You shared so much great information. So anyone that's listening is probably kind of have to go back and take some notes. Um, but I'll make sure that I link your information in the description to your Instagram and your website so they can check all that information out. But if you have anything else that's coming up in the next few months that you want to share, um, feel free to do that. Or if you want to, you know, shout out to a program that you have going on, then feel free to do a little shameless plug as well. Well, thank you. I first of have to say this was amazing. I didn't feel like I was on a podcast at all. Yeah. I just was chatting with a friend. So Literally. thank you for making me feel comfortable. Uh, and yeah, it was, I'm just grateful to be here. Um, my main goal, um, in life is just to help people and to help them make better choices, right? When it comes to their health. And uh, you can find me on Instagram. It is, I think you want to put it in the comments. Yeah, but if you want to share it, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, just find me on Instagram. That's where I like to hang the most. Um, And if you're interested in a consultation, you can always DM me or you can go to my website and there's uh, all the information out there. Uh, Right now, I'm actually in the middle of my 10 week challenge, which is going to go on all the way through April. And I'm not quite sure when the next one launches, but I am doing uh, just private consultations if anyone's interested. Amazing. And if you happen to launch a new program by the time this episode goes live, then that can include that information in the description as well. So people can find that. Thank you. Well, thank you again for being on the podcast today. It was a pleasure talking to you as always. And I look forward to maybe doing some more of these in the future. Yeah, I know. Thank you, Nicole. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. I hope it provides value and that you're inspired to live a healthier, happier, and more balanced life. But before you sign off, I want to ask if you ever want to make changes to your health and wellness that felt overwhelmed and confused. Let's stop this overwhelm and make healthy eating, cooking, and living easier and more fun. Head over to simplynicknutrition.com and go to the freebies page to get started on your wellness journey.